This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keith. And look who's back. It's Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? Look who's back. It's good to be home. It's great to have you back, Ryan. You were off last week as uh, Goo and I discussed the movie It, which uh, continues to make a ton of money at the box office. Just crushing it. Just killing it in the horror game. I also wanted to say this. I think things are really picking up for Hashtag Dork. Not once, not twice, but thrice over the last couple of weeks, I was recognized in public for specifically Hashtag Dork. Come on. I was at Fenway Park. Outside of Fenway Park, somebody came up to me and said, love the podcast. I was at Wegmans. Somebody told me, I love the podcast. And I was at Idle Hands, which is obviously a little bit more of a friendly environment. I would hope there would be people there that yep. like the podcast. But I was just sitting there at the bar. My buddy Josh Deering was uh, getting me a, a fresh beer. And the guy next to me looks over and is like, Rich Keefe? Hey, I love Hashtag Dork. So things, things are happening for us, Davey. This is a good sign. We're, we're moving and shaking. Let me tell you a little story, Richard. One time when I was uh, doing the karaoke circuit in southern New Hampshire, you remember those I days, I sure right? do. You're very good. Very talented. With my, with my good friend Brian. Uh, commonly known as the fridge on this podcast yes we went by the name the brian and ryan karaoke review and i walked into a burger king uh in nashua new hampshire and the girl behind the counter said oh my god are you brian or ryan (laughs) and i was like excuse me you know from from the review uh, she's like from karaoke yeah so i kind of know where you what you feel like there well, that this kind is, of know that feeling. Well, this is an us feeling. I'm saying, I'm so this is celebrating the, the the two of us on the podcast. They really enjoy the podcast, so that yeah, well, is good that, news. That, thank you so much for the whoever said hello to Richard and mentioned the podcast. Yeah, continue to say what's up and say you enjoy hashtag Dork and thanks for listening. Uh, this is an action pack. This is a long time coming. We've wanted to do this episode for a while. It is finally here. I don't even know how it's going to work. There's just so much going on, but let's still start off for people who aren't maybe as interested in what is a great topic. Let's get them all the news, Ryan, shall we? Let's do it. This week in Well, out this past weekend was Mother 
Danzig. He came out with his own movie called Mother with Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer. It's a Darren Aronofsky movie. Let me stop right there. Do you enjoy Darren Aronofsky movies? Not as much as I enjoy Glenn Danzig. Yeah, that's probably true. If, if this was a movie of Glenn Danzig just like screaming at the camera, yeah. I would have seen it. But I think I think uh, Mr. Aronofsky is in love with the smell of his own farts a little bit. Could you know, the be. wrestler was I like the wrestler, the wrestler was awesome. It was. But you know, Black Swan, I could, you know, kind of take it or leave it. Yeah, I just I like the ladies that were in it, so I saw that, but it, it wasn't great. Requiem for a Dream, we've discussed in the podcast. That's just banana land. It's it's That's a good excellent. movie though. Yeah. It's an excellent movie. Pie. I didn't really I wasn't a big pie fan. But anyway, Mother is out, mixed reviews to say the least. Sixty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Forty two percent though is the is the audience score. So the yeah, audience that, is not a huge fan. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where, like, what is it? You know what I mean? Like, I I, I, is it a horror movie? Like, people are saying it's not a horror movie, but it is a horror movie. You know what I mean? So it seems, I don't know what I'm yeah. getting into. I don't know what it's getting into either. It seems like it's being pitched almost as a horror movie. I think I'll probably check it out once it's free. I'm not going to see that one in the theater. Uh, this weekend at the box office, Ryan, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. So the sequel to Kingsman, yeah. And I'm excited to know, are you in on this? Because you ha- you took you a little while to see the first one. It took me a while. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's a theater movie for me, though. I'm not sure. I'm definitely in. Like, I want to see it. But I don't know. It's tough. Now, there's a reason why September movies don't usually do all that well. you got football is back. And, you know, you're really going to go carve out two hours, two and a half hours to go to the theater. I'll probably just wait. We got. We still got what Thor, Justice League, and Star Wars the rest of this calendar year. So our plate is full. It really is. So I think I'm out movie wise or theater wise. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm out on this one uh, theater wise. Uh, if if I can find it on some illegal site and watch it there, I probably do it. Sure. Where it comes out on video, you know. But sure, I can see that. You know, that's off the record, by the way. No, no, no. I'll I'll edit that obviously in post anyway. Yeah. Now, did you watch the Emmys? Uh, I was. Uh, this is this is for us boarding school brats. Uh, I was on dorm duty, so I was kind of poking in and out. Yeah, as, yeah. as my wife, as you know, she is my uh, wife. house of fire on Twitter. She enjoys uh, award shows. She does. Yes, she does. I thought this was one where I don't know. I at least seen a lot of the shows. I had not seen A Handmaid's Tale, but my wife really liked that. Big Little Lies. My wife also really liked. Yep. All the movies that are all the shows that I saw like didn't win shit. I was like, oh, Stranger Things like didn't win anything. I was like, oh, I oh, I watched uh, Better Call Saul didn't win anything. And uh, the biggest leftover well, leftovers got all, boned. Yep, um, Fargo got boned. Carrie Coon um, got screwed over hard for oh yeah, big time for she got nominated for the role that she was actually worse in. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway. But uh, Master of None with Aziz Ansari, they won like a writing Emmy. Him and uh, the woman he's, he writes with, I called it when I watched that episode. I'm like, that's going to win an Emmy, like that episode. Can I can I say this without you know trying to get a whole lot of backlash going? I yeah. think Masters of None is overrated. It's you know what it's um it's one of those like quirky kind of shows. It's it doesn't really fit into kind of any box, but I, I don't yeah. know. I just enjoy it. Like I enjoy watching it. That's fine. Not That's look, fine. You know, not I'm, looking not, for a I'm fight. not saying it's not looking for a fight here. I just I watched. Uh, I don't know how many seasons there are. I watched one season of it, and I was like, "There's two. I was like, "Not for me." Not, not. For and me. you know what? You're you're completely justified. I I get. It's one of those things like you, you watch it and you, you get it. why people wouldn't like it. Right, right. You're like, okay, understandable. Yeah. Also on Netflix, there was a uh, teaser 
for the Punisher, and it looks like the Punisher mixed with Blair Witch Project. I'm I'm in. I'm in on Punisher. Yeah. Barathol is gonna be great. He already was great. I I'm looking forward to this later on this year. It's like a mix between Blair Witch and like First Blood, like the first Rambo movie. Yeah. So what more do you want? For God's sake. Yeah. I have a, uh, a an R.I.P. to give out here, Ryan. Uh, I don't want to steal your pick of the pod, but yeah, you already did. Bobby yep. the Brain Heenan, the greatest wrestling manager of all time, one of the greatest announcers of all time. You know, he was also a wrestler, but that was way, way before my time. But Bobby the Brain Heenan was hysterical. Like, if you can go pull up some of the old clips, him and Gorilla Monsoon working together, this guy, he probably could have been in like comedy movies. Like he was he was that sharp and he was really, really funny. And so he had been battling throat cancer for a while. So Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away this week. So shout out to to him and his family. It was very sad, but you know, like like you said, I mean if you watch any of those old promos, like basically him and Ric Flair like invented the wrestling promo. Oh they they kill it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those two just absolutely nailed it. And it was, but like some really cool stuff from him. I, I, I did do exactly what you said. I went, as soon as I found that out, I went on YouTube and watched like some of his old promos and stuff. And that guy was awesome. Absolutely hilarious. All right, are you not ready for the next portion of the program? Yes. It's time for Davey's video game Even if it takes more than a minute. All right, Rod, what do you got? Well, I got a lot of stuff, but I'm going to speed through it because I'm so excited about the, the topic du jour today. This so I'm is just a big topic du jour. This. All right, sounds good. Um, so the new Tomb Raider teaser for the trailer came out today. So there's a teaser for the trailer, which comes out tomorrow, um, starring the girl Alicia Vikander, who was in Ex Machina, which was an awesome movie. Um, she's playing the, a young Lara Croft. It's basically following the story of Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the game, the most, re- not the second most recent game. Yep. So it's like how the, t- so it looks really cool. It looks a little gritty. So I'm, I'm into that. Um, Junker Town, Richard, your hometown is out yes. today. Oh, today. The map is here. Oh, perfect. I'll have to today. download that bad boy. Yep. So, uh, so that's good. So new map on Overwatch if you want to play Junker Town. Uh, that's going to be really cool. For you sports nuts out there, uh, NBA and NHL 18 both dropped. T- uh, NHL was Friday, NBA 2K is today, nice. so those are out. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, if you are a fighting game person, comes out today. And this is a game that's sneaky, but I might actually check this out. Okay. Because I guess the story is really cool. It's Sigma from Mega Man meets up with uh, uh, Thanos. So, Ooh. Yeah. That sounds so pretty good. That yeah. looks, looks pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, Destiny 2 is awesome. If you want to play Destiny 2, nice. uh, it, everything that was wrong with Destiny 1, they fixed it. Uh, it's a little lighter. Um, it's not as serious. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time. So check that Sounds out. Sounds good. There, there you, you go. go. Done. Action-packed Davies Video Game Minute this week. This is a very exciting topic. This, is, of course, would be the topic du jour, Ryan. Which is, the to- which is what? Oh, that would be the topic of the day. And today it is one that we've sort of kicked around a few times. Uh, then we really wanted to save it for football season. And that is Friday Night Lights, the television series. So, of course, there's Friday Night Lights, the book. There's Friday Night Lights, the movie, based off of the book. Both of those uh, based off of a true story. This was sort of spun off, inspired by, I think is what you would probably call this. Yes. This was a show that ran for five seasons, a total of 76 episodes. The first two seasons, it was on NBC. And then the final three seasons, it moved to the 101 Network. Which is like a yeah. direct TV only property or channel that could not yeah. have helped. That could not have helped it. Also, the show, which we'll get into, 
was kind of hit pretty hard by the writer's strike. In case this, oh, yeah. this show ran from 2006 to 2011. So season one was a full 22 episodes. I would say my favorite season out of the five. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Um, I also like season three. Three's, three is really strong. Yep. One, though, again, is the only one a full 22 episodes. Season two was supposed to be 22. They ran it 15, and then they pulled the plug. And the writing is a little screwy in season. There's like, we'll get into it, but season two has some really great moments and some just trash moments. They bounce. And I would say, yeah, yeah I would say if you're going to watch Friday Night Lights, if you're going to like sit down and watch this after hearing our compelling argument for it, skip season two entirely. No, 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 no. Don't you dare. There's just there's <laughs> enough good. So then I was just going to say season three, four, and five are all just 13 episodes each. So that's how you're able to get up to the 76. I would say most people, Ryan, for this show especially, which has been out for a long time, uh, have already seen it, and they, they, they want to listen to what we have to say about it. But for those few that just listen to the beginning of this and maybe want to watch this, let's just do like a couple seconds spoiler-free just to sort of describe the show because this happens to be one of my favorite television shows of all time. And I was one of these people that – did not watch it live. Again, it came out in 06, so I had just graduated yep. college. I was not probably watching a lot of weekly shows then, and I shotgunned the whole thing maybe a couple of years ago. It was on Netflix, like 1 through 76, just one after another, like love, like just ate it up. You had told me it was great. Like Sharky had told me it was great, but I was like, eh, I don't know. I read the book. I saw the movie. That was fine. They were both good but I didn't know how good this was going to be, and it was incredible. So I love it. I highly, highly, highly recommend watching this. And for me, I was the same way. Like, well, I had seen the movie. I had read the book, you know, and I was like, okay, like, I get it. And, and there was a large part of me, like, they changed the colors of the team. Like, I thought it was just going to be, like, some, like, cheesy ripoff of the thing, and I had no interest in it when it first came out. Like, yeah, I was, they made up we a were town. Aware of it. They, made up a, they made up a school. They, they sort of, like, yeah. a nice homage you know, they still have the P on the helmet, but that's it. Like, that's, everything's let, different. Let me tell you this. If you want, if you are, are, I'm guessing that our audience is predominantly male. Correct. 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 This is a show that if you want to sit down and watch it with your significant other, this is the perfect show to do it because it has enough football in it to keep men interested but it's also like the the soap opera aspect of it is so well written and so good and dare i say richard and i'm going to say this and okay. this is the last serious thing i'm going to say all right it is the best depiction of a successful marriage ever put on tv yes yes hot take it but is that's that's absolutely true i was going to say yeah well and it's not even all hyperbole but let's just let's just go down that road for a second this is without question the best show, television show, centered around sports. So right away, yeah. I'm in. Our audience, most of our audience is in. It's the, it's the best. And there have been some other good ones, fine, like Coach, uh, whatever. There's There's been some good ones. This is incredible. This is also, I think, the best high school show of all time. And I know I'd get some pushback from, from my sister, who would say Beverly Hills 90210, and, you know, People loved what is it like Gossip Girl? There's a lot of very popular high I'm school a big, shows. Yeah. What do you got? What do you I'm got? a big Freaks and Geeks guy. Freaks and Geeks was very good. This had so much more staying power, though. This has so many more episodes that, I, and I think this tells the story of, you know, it's mostly jocks, but it also gets into you know a lot of the ladies involved there. And then they do a good job with some of the the, the dorkier characters. 
I I love the and you're right. It's it's sports. It's a soap opera, which you have to you have to be in on on those type of shows. But and the characters are really like by the end we'll we'll rank our favorite characters. But there are so many to choose from, and like the ensemble cast is very very strong in this. Agreed. So I also and then another little thing I really liked about it as you know you and I both played high school football and we did so many other shows or movies in particular that do football more than any of the other sports they don't look right in the uniform like they have an actor who probably doesn't know what they're doing and they just like here here are the pads that you're supposed to wear here's the jersey here's your helmet now wear it and you look at it yeah. and you're like my god that doesn't look right and it's frustrating and it's distracting whereas yeah. these guys went so far the other way like you're watching them and you're like yeah that guy that looks exactly like a high school player would look like the pads fit the you know yep. the uniform fits like Riggins has like the uh the like the, the tombstone. He's got the tombstone thing, like the cowboy collar, but he's also got yep. like the license plate on his back, and he's got like the spatted up cleats, like they tape their ankles. Like it's exactly what you would do in in real life. And so that and and the gameplay is pretty legit too. Like it's not so it's not so cartoonish as like Varsity Blues or some of the other movies that you or like see. Like the water boy, yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, <laughs> but that is but like even even like quote unquote good football movies it's a little silly now like the endings in some of the games i would say in friday night lights are a little nuts but the actual like watching the action scenes i think that stacks up pretty good too agreed all right let's get into so that so that would be we're we're giving you the full court press like this is one of the the great movies or a great television series of all time let's start with season one ryan season one is uh really the the main point of this season is the dylan panthers have a new coach eric taylor New coach comes in there, and the reason why he's hired as the coach is because their quarterback, Jason Street, is a senior, and he was his quarterback's coach. He coached him in Pop Warner. I think they even said he coached him in JV, and so he's the new coach now. Jason Street is supposed to be the best high school player in the state of Texas, maybe in the country. He was going to go to Notre Dame. He had Which, yeah, how good is he if he's gonna see if he's gonna go to Notre Dame? Right, like, cut it out. He's off the chart. He, so they also made reference that he had a seventy-two percent completion percentage. I guess like the season before, and the uh, there's a scene where the Notre Dame scout is talking to Jason Street's parents, saying, "Out of all the years he's recruited, he's the best player he's ever seen." Yep. So that's pretty good. And then obviously in game one and like. To almost too good to be true, right, with Jason Street. Best player ever on this team. Like, they're the favorite to win the state. He's going out with the hottest girl you will ever see on camera is his girlfriend. <laughs> Don't you think – would Lila Garrity be the hottest girl of all time? If she – yeah. I, um, yeah. Yes. I, I, yes one is. of them. She's up there. So – She has one, one annoying thing. We'll talk – keep going. And then he gets paralyzed in the first game. He throws a pick, boom. tries to make a tackle, paralyzed. So, boom, that's one whole storyline. So, now it's really Eric Taylor, the head coach. He's trying to right the ship with the team this year. Jason Street is learning how to deal with being paralyzed. The team is is conflicted by the whole thing. Uh, the other main characters, of course, would be Tim Riggins, who is – if Lila Garrity is the hottest character ever on screen, Tim Riggins may also be the hottest character ever put on screen, but – I would put him in their top five favorite character from any television show. He's awesome. And I will tell you this. I bought my wife a Dylan Panthers football, Dylan football 33 t-shirt. That's incredible. You would think I, you would think I bought her like a Tiffany's diamond. <laughs> like she wears it 
all the time. He's literally like you always hear like the phrase all the time, like oh, like uh, women want to sleep with him and like men want to be him. You're like, no, that is Tim what Riggins. He is. Tim Riggins is the greatest. He is he is yeah. incredible. Uh, so he's in it. Matt Saracen, who was the backup quarterback, becomes the starting quarterback. He is he's uh, got a relationship going with the coach. His daughter, uh, Julie, who's also new to the, the high school. There's just a lot going on. They throw a lot out. You got Smash Williams. He's a star running back. He's looking to kind of shoulder the load from there. And a lot of very compelling characters, I'd say. And as the series goes on, very well-developed characters. Like, not a single one of them, like, out of all those guys that I just named, would you say is like, oh, that's stereotype X, and, like, that's all he is or all she is. Like, they, they right. do a great job flushing them all out. Yes, and that this is kind of like the setting the table. You get introduced to all the characters, but the depth of each character yeah. is actually pretty remarkable, like how well-written each character is. So I went through each game in Season 1. So these yep. are the games that they show you. And I, this is one of the, I would say, slight issues I have with the show, but it's fine because it's a television show. So Game 1, Jason Street goes down with the injury. They bring in Matt Saracen, who the sort of uh, a guy who certainly did not expect to play as a sophomore behind Jason Street, he ends up throwing a Hail Mary at the buzzer to win the game. Remember good, good remember, point. remember the phrase, at the buzzer. Yes. Again, Ryan, between the two of us, we have probably played, I don't know, 200 football games? I think I've played 100 football games. Like we've played, I think I've, yeah, whatever it, was, whatever it is. Whatever it was for me, it was five too many for me. How, <laughs> that's true. How many games... Uh, did a team, did you win or lose as like the final seconds were ticking off the clock? One or two. Yeah, exactly. I think in college we might have had one game where we tied it like with under 10 seconds to go to force overtime. And like that's probably the closest as like a walk-off. Like basketball I've been a part of like a few buzzer beaters because that, that's way more common. But football, yeah. so that's one buzzer beater. Um, game two, Matt Saracen's now the starting quarterback. They're down thirteen to seven. He gets he scrambles out, gets tackled at the one yard line at the buzzer. So they lose that game. But again, it comes down to the buzzer. So now two games into the season, they're one and one. So you know what that means? Buddy Garrity, who is Lila's father, <laughs> runs the car dealership and is a big booster for the team. He says they need to bring in Ray Voodoo Tatum. Ray Voodoo Tatum is a kid who was a great quarterback in New Orleans, but uh, because of Hurricane Katrina, he got displaced, and so now all these teams in Texas are trying to get him. Yeah. So he, they eventually bring in Voodoo, who, let's face it, he's not all that thrilled to be in Texas. Not all that thrilled to be in Texas. Uh, there are some uh, race things that are going on there. Yes. Um, just to, but just a hell of an athlete and an option quarterback would be well-suited to any college style. You he know? really would be. And so Voodoo uh, initially is not going to be the starter, but then reluctantly – uh, Coach Taylor has to put him in. He's like, Saracen's not really ready for this. So he goes with Voodoo. He doesn't really want to do it. Voodoo plays a half. And let's just say he's not very coachable. Um, yeah. He kind of snaps at, at Taylor. He doesn't listen to him. He runs his own plays, even though he has success running said plays. And so he gets benched at the end of the first half. Um, but what ends up happening is there's like a recruiting scandal there. And even though it's kind of bullshit, they, uh, Voodoo – claims that yeah they they did these things illegally so they beat arnett mead who by the way arnett mead is the like their biggest rival in like a really right. good school and so they complain and so now they lose that game so they technically beat arnett mead that year but they get they get it uh revoked and so now they're one and two 
things are falling apart. And at so, the buzzer. Yeah, at, well, right. So then they After go. After the buzzer, they lost the game. No, they actually won that game at the buzzer. No, but I'm saying, like, and then the buzzer, <laughs> and then they lost after the buzzer. Right, 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 right. Very, very rare. Right. It was actually, it was uh, Tim Riggins scored a touchdown at the buzzer, and then that t- then they were down one, and then they went for two, and Smash got it, and they won. But then they had to forfeit. Uh, game, the next game they won, Riggins had three touchdowns. The game after that, uh, Smash scores a touchdown at the buzzer. They, uh, <laughs> they win six to two. Then there's another game they win big, smashes three touchdowns. Another game, Saracen gets benched. Uh, remember, his dad was there. What did you think of the relationship yes. with uh, Matt Saracen and his father, who was back from Iraq? I absolutely hated his father. He was bad. And I know, and I know that's uh, not good. He's a vet. You know, he's dealing with his own stresses. But then he, like, doesn't have to reenlist, but he does just yeah. to, like, get the hell away from the, the awful family situation. Yeah, because he's and basically kind of screws his kid. Yeah, he's left him there with the the father's mother. So Matt Saracen's grandma, he takes care of, and she's like slipping into dementia, and he lives with her at home, makes sure she takes her medicine. He comes home, the father, and he's a mess, and like just wants to go back to war. So Saracen, at first, he, is really yeah. excited to have him. They get into a huge argument in the parking lot. That's one of those big scenes. Like basically throughout, you can sell pretty early on. Uh, Saracen and Eric Taylor, like his coach, is basically like his father. Like more, th- more to a father to him than his dad ever was. Correct. Uh, so then, let's see. So Saracen gets benched in that game, but then he comes back the next game. He'd been watching a lot of tape, and he knew a play that they could run, and Smash Williams is suspended for this game because uh, Smash does steroids this season because he needs to get bigger, faster, stronger. This is kind of a typical – uh, sports movie or sports TV show trope. Like the old, hey, I'm not fast enough, even though I'm really good, and so I got to do steroids, and so Smash does steroids. That was a storyline I, I probably could have done without. Yeah, not great. Not great for that character. It's very out of character for him. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're like, he was so cocky, thought he was so great, but he was obsessed with being on one of those scouts, like big boards, like they do like a top 100 prospects. And yeah. the guy was like, oh, you need to be uh, stronger. And then so he, he turns to steroids. Uh, so then they go to the playoffs and smashes back. He plays in this game. He actually even throws a touchdown pass to Matt Saracen, which, let's be honest, a little foreshadowing there. Uh, Saracen maybe could be a wide receiver. Huh. What How do you about, think of that? How about that? Also, so then before, in between the uh, first and second round of the playoffs, a lot happens here, Ryan. You have the, uh, the powder puff game. So it's girls football, and the two coaches, one is Tim Riggins, the other is Matt Saracen. And this, this is some of the best stuff going because Riggins is hysterical screaming at the girls. He's like, failure is not an option. He's like, we will not lose. And he's just going nuts, whipping the girls into a frenzy. Yeah. I would say – And you have, was it Tyra and yeah. Lila Garrity going head-to-head They're, they're fighting each other. They're both pissed off at what's going on because – Oh, so that's the other thing. With J- There's a lot here. So I don't know what the best way to do it is, like, season by season or character by character. But at least in season one, Riggins, as great as he is, he did sleep with his best friend's girlfriend, and his best friend was paralyzed. Yeah, that's not a good look. That's like, a shit hard, look. He's a hard dude to root for, you know? That's bad. Although, Jason Street overall is kind of... I mean, he's dealing with a lot. Like, there's no doubt he is. And, like, yeah. he's kind of – like, there are times where he's talking to people and you can tell he's, he's somewhat charming. But, I don't know. I'm not a huge – I'm not a big Jason Street fan. I really and wasn't. The, and, 
and Lila, you know, it was the whole thing, like the whole first season when he was paralyzed and, you know, he's going through the whole thing. And every word out of me, Jason, Jason, Jason. Like I, could, I, I couldn't take her after the end of the first season. Too well, much. Lila has the voice of an angel. Like oh, that is, you're out of your mind. It's, no, I'm not. It's what a Disney princess sounds like is what Lila her, <laughs> vo- <laughs> her voice is, it's, it's, I don't know how else to describe it's it. Lyr- it's lyrical. It's, it's lovely. It's as beautiful it as she like is. It sounds like birds chirping on a Sunday morn. Would you... So I already said Lila's the hottest, and maybe not everybody would agree with that. I would also make this statement, which I would stand by. The combination of Lila Garrity and Tyra Collette, there's not a high school ever, ever shown on television or in a movie that have a duo as hot as those two. And I will tell you this. So you, you, you pick your poison here. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that Lila Garrity, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some semantics here, Okay, is the, is the best looking. Yes. Lila Garrity girls. is the best. We'll do superlatives later on, but yes, is I would the, say Lila yeah, Garrity is the best, is the best looking. looking. Yes. Tyra Collette is the hottest. Yeah, she might be. And she also has she a might, little. Because she like pull a knife on you kind of hot. She's you know got, I mean? And she's got like a like more attitude. Yeah. Like her facial expressions and like she's got some sass to her. Yeah, I like her a great deal. Also, you get after the Powder Puff game, which was hilarious. You get the the they go with the Mac McGill being maybe not all that sneaky or racist storyline. He's the offensive yeah. coordinator. He makes comments about how Smash Williams is more likely to be like a running back and Matt Saracen more likely to be a quarterback, and the reporters kind of pushing him there. This is something that. I like this storyline again. At times, it was a little bit uncomfortable, but this made more sense to me. Like you're in Texas, although I mean you could do this in Boston. We do this all the time here, but admit, that one was better to me than the uh, steroid storyline. Like this one, this yeah, one had it, some stuff here, and it was a good nod to the book because remember the book. There's a lot of racial undertones a in ton. the book. Yeah, so so that kind of uh, I like that because it it, it kind of called back to that. You know what I mean? Like, that was a big part of the book. My one issue I would have with that was Smash Williams initially, if you remember, was not all that pissed about what uh, Coach McGill said. And and, and people were talking to him whether it was his girlfriend or whether it was, you know, even Saracen when they were working at the ice cream shop. He's like, yeah, man, don't sweat it. He's like, I'm not worried about it. Don't sweat it. But then his girlfriend really started pushing him and was really sort of saying, like, getting in his ear and be like, oh, this is awful and this is awful. And then the next thing you know, he's the one – who leads a revolt and they all leave practice together and they're threatening not to play in the game during the playoffs. So it was one of those things where you're like, all right, if you were just pissed the whole time, then I get it. But for you to have to be talked into it by your girlfriend, like that was, that was not a great look. I didn't think for smash. No, it's not a good look, but you and I, you know, we've been there in high school where, you know, our girlfriends talk us into doing things that we didn't necessarily want to do because, you know, we, you know, there's, there's, what am I going to get out of that? You know what I mean? That's probably true. We've been there. That's a high school kid thing to do. I I understand it. Yeah, that's probably true. So then their next game is when they get into a huge brawl on the field and then they call the game. And so they, they were winning, so they got the win, but that was sort of a strange way to, to end a game. But they, yeah, very they, strange. They move on. Uh, they then go to the quarterfinals. They win that game, twenty six to twenty one. Now they're in the semifinals, and this was the game in the cow pasture. They yeah. they had all this damage. There was like a tornado, or not a tornado. There was all kinds of damage going through. Uh, so they had to play. Basically, the name of the episode actually was Mud Bowl. 
So they they play in a mud bowl. Uh, Smash has a touchdown catch. Saracen ends up with a walk-off touchdown run, if you can believe it. Uh, and then what? One thing that stood out to me in this is so it was like every, it was a downpour and everybody was all muddy. And then after the game, a lot of the scenes, everybody looked very dry. <laughs> very dry. Yeah. I was like, getting mm-hmm. on the bus, everyone looked pretty dry. Mm-hmm. And so now they're on to state, and they uh, go to Dallas, the Cowboys Stadium for state, and they're taking on West Cambria, which lo and behold, that's where Voodoo goes. Oh, boy. Son of a bitch. And so they were down 26 nothing at the half. And they came back and won that son of a bitch, 27-26. You guessed it, at the buzzer. 28-3. Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. That's right. West, Camb- West Cambria blew a 26 nothing lead. Oh, uh, my God. Can we, we have to make that T-shirt. We should. West Cambria blew a 26 nothing lead. We have to make that shirt. Smash Williams had three Trademark, touch- trademark, trademark. I said trademark. You have to do it. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Smash had three touchdowns in the game. He also, this is something that uh, you can relate to, dislocates his shoulder in the game. Yeah. I, I was a, more of a separation guy, not a di- full dislocation. Dislocation you can put back in. That's true. He popped that puppy back in. They ended up yeah. winning on a hook and ladder. Saracen to Riggins, then Riggins tossed it to Smash, and they won there. So season, How about it? season one, Davey, it is a Dylan Panthers state championship and all is right in the world but oh by the way right before the uh, championship game the team learns that coach taylor is leaving he got hired by tmu uh, which is a fictional school texas methodist university but they're a d1 school he's going to be their quarterbacks coach how do you feel about coach turns back on this on the team you know, it's not, you know, as, as somebody who has uh, moved from institution to institution to take my talents other places, it's a family, it's always a family decision. It has nothing to do with, it's, you know, as, as Bob Sugar and Jerry Maguire said, it's not show friends, it's show business. That's a great point. It really is. So you, gotta, you just got to keep Anytime I can, I can mix in Bob Sugar in a conversation, you know that's Have a good to one. do it. Now, yeah. uh, his daughter Julie and his wife Tammy, not as thrilled, and they ultimately decide to stay in Dillon, and he's going to go to Austin. So family is split. And a lot of these conversations they had, this is where, where you said this is the best on-screen marriage of all time, or just sort of showing you the highs and lows of marriage but staying together, that kind of thing. A lot They're, they're tested here pretty good, I would say. Yeah, and I would say, uh, let, me, let me first go on record because my wife would kill me if I didn't say this as well. Tim Riggins is one of her favorite characters on television of all time. She would definitely steal a smooch from Tim Riggins. Yeah. I will tell you that Tammy Taylor is her favorite television character ever. She's amazing. She really she yeah. really is. I'll tell you, if they ended the show after four seasons, I would definitely agree with her. But in the fifth season, she started to wear on me a little bit with yep. then her wanting to go to Philadelphia and all this stuff. And I, I, understand, I understand her wanting to do something for her, but I was like, I don't know. I, I started to get a little tired of her. But Just what a head of hair, though. Beautiful, and I love her voice and the accent. It's yep. it's very good. So that's season one, and again, we can get to some of the other stuff as we go through the characters in a minute. But season two is the one that Davey says you could potentially skip. It's clearly, and when you go back and watch it, and funny, I knew watching it that the writer's strike was going on, and you're like, oh yeah, this is clear. So this is, uh, he's back at Dillon. So he starts the year, Coach Taylor does, at TMU. And there's a new coach, his name is Bill McGregor. He does not get along with Riggins or really anybody. He's doing shit his own way. And TM, uh, Taylor really is getting pulled 
between the two. And oh, by the way, they have a uh, a new baby, right? He knocks up his uh, Tammy. So Tammy has a new baby girl named Gracie. You ready for a hot take? Yeah, let's hot hear it. chili hot take. Let's hear it. Ugliest baby ever put on film. Yeah, and hands down. Julie even makes a comment about like why is her head like that? She that is the ugliest baby I've ever seen put a, in front of a camera. I'm not even kidding. That's and that, an I know baby. that's mean. And that well, that kid is probably like what seven, eight, nine now. Yeah, probably Jesus. maybe even ten. Because wow. I think that was season two, so that kid might even be ten. Listening to this, feeling really yeah. really badly. You were an ugly baby. I'm Oof. sorry, Gracie Bell. You were an ugly baby. So the team now is led, well, really once again, I should say, by Smash Williams, by Tim Riggins, and Matt Saracen. They are all back to defend their title. Coach Taylor ends up coming back after two games. So they go one and one in their first two games of the season. Smash is even more of an asshole this season. Like his ego is off the charts. Uh, this is his senior year. And so they're going nuts. They're going on and on about Smash Williams. And um, they end up going to the playoffs, Ryan, but they end up losing. Uh, but this is one of those weird things, too, where the season, the way it was shot, they didn't even line up. Like, they didn't even get the full season in. And you're in, right. You know what I mean? So you watched season two, and when you watch the finale or, yeah, the last episode of season two, you don't even really know how the season ends. So it actually had to blend into season three. That's not really ideal. Not ideal. Not what you want. Um. Let's see. I think they finished eight and two by my math. Or no, maybe Taylor was eight and two. The team itself was nine and three. And again, part of that you find out in season three. Saracen and Smash really don't like each other for a while. Smash, one of the big storylines, also gets suspended three games uh, right at the end of the season because he was at the movies with his sister, and there were some racists in the theater, and he beat the shit out of one of the kids. So he got suspended but they were able to make it through. And also one of the other big things that jumped out to me this season was, remember they had to share their practice facility with the, the team from Larrabee because they got into it. There was like a tornado that ripped through. Right, yep. And the coach was like a lunatic. And they were like doing pranks and stuff the whole time back and forth. The coach during the game tackled Riggins as Riggins was about to win the game. That's right, at the buzzer. Tackled the yes. kid. And I'm like, I don't know if you see that. Every day, but then he, he, I guess his wife was dying, so he was not doing very well. This is apparently what, <laughs> yeah. what was going on there. But I will say, season two, some highs, Ryan, and some lows. To me, the lowest, the yeah, lowest points of this, the lowest points of this show happened in season two. What was your least favorite part of season two? Uh, let's see. Um, how about Landry Clark, who was like a tertiary character? You know, he's like Matt Saracen's friend, who was like an artist, like in a band. You know, like. He's not interested in football at all. First of all, he somehow in, hooks he, up with Tyra Collette, and they murder somebody. Yeah, yeah. All right, so a little bit of backstory on that. Yeah. Landry, uh, a very important character, I think. Not only is he comic relief, but for season one, he's one of the only male characters that's in the show that's not a football player. So right. I thought it was good to get that perception and or, or perspective. I mean, and you know dealing with all the Panthers and, like, what's going on there. He's not a football player. He loves Tyra. He loves Tyra from the get-go, which I really like. And so Tyra was almost raped in season one, and that was, that was a pretty big storyline for a little bit, and that was pretty crazy. And then Landry uh, ends up being like, you need to tell somebody, and then so she was mad at him, and then she forgave him, blah, blah, blah. So season two, and so that was in season one. They didn't kill anybody in season one. Season two, that guy's kind of stalking Tyra, and – Landry 
hits him with like a wrench in the head and they kill him. And then they're trying and to like Landry's father's a cop, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. That was that was terrible. Here's what I would say was really good in season two. Uh, Tim Riggins is getting bounced around. You know, he obviously all of his living situations. He at one point is then living with the Taylors. A couple of things going on there. One, Tammy's sister thinks he's like so hot, which I think was great. Like that was hilarious. Like her like wanting him. And then Tammy being like, are you kidding me? She's like, he's, he's in high school. And then she just kind of like chuckles and they're always flirting. Like he calls her shells and he's like, they're always flirting. But what I loved actually was Riggins and Julie, there's like a brother, like a big brother relationship. Right. And like he he protects her during like a tornado when they were like out. And she was out at a party. She was hammered drunk. And a guy was basically going to like, was willing to like date rape her essentially. And Riggins made sure that that didn't happen. Then he brought her home. And that's when Coach finds her like trying to like kiss him. And so he throws yep. Riggins out of the house which sucked because you're like, ah, oh, it wasn't his fault. And then he later finds out, you know, Julie eventually is like, this was all my fault. And Coach, like, really couldn't believe that Riggins not only did all that, but then he wouldn't even say a bad word about the daughter. So he, he got a lot of respect for Riggins. One of my complaints was they never really went back to that. Like, I, I wanted more Riggins as, like, the big brother protector of Julie. But for, like, two episodes, I thought that was really good. And, you know, she, yeah, she was making the, she was, what, a sophomore now, so she's making, like, goo-goo eyes at him, you know, and who wouldn't? You know, I would, I would bat a, bat a lash at uh, Timmy Riggins, so you know what she, I mean? But Yeah, right. And I'm completely, I'm completely comfortable with who I am. It's 2017, you, you know what I mean? No, you, you should be. You should be. Anything and, uh, else? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a cool, like, thing to see him, you know, because he's got that bad boy thing, but, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's got a heart of gold, Richard. He really does, and you can see it with, you know, that kid Bo. You know, his neighbor, who his smoking hot neighbor, who he obviously banged oh, her yeah. to. But he was really good with kids, and he was – he's like a good – he is a good guy. Terrible father. By the way, yeah. I believe a dork, dork, um, dork crossover here, that hot neighbor you're talking about yes. was Nikki in Swingers, and she was also the cheerleader in The Replacements. Look at – things are coming together. Look at that. That's huh? really good. Remember Nikki? We're like, Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. this is Nikki. Leave a message. Yeah, that's her. Oh, yeah, I do. All right, um – Season three was the year that uh, J.D. McCoy shows up on the scene. So he's a, a, a freshman, just a dink. Like, and So Davey and I went to prep school, and Davey now uh, teaches at a prep school. Sure, we, sure do. We've run th- across some J.D. McCoys in our life, I would say. We have. Maybe not as you- good at football, but we've definitely run across people that, that act like J.D. McCoy and have parents similar to J.D. McCoy. Do you want to tell the story, Richard, or should I? You may tell the story. So uh, I forget the young man's name. Even if I did remember, I wouldn't say. Actually, I remember it now, but I would, I'm not going to say it on air. Okay. Um, he uh, was the quarterback of the team, uh, a, a slight fellow, a uh, bit of a, you know, not a pocket guy. You know, he liked to move around a little bit. Right. And um, we had some issues on the offensive line. Um, so being the fullback, I was left to block maybe three or four people at once. Mm, yeah, we our offensive line was below average. Yeah. Um, so I'm just hurling myself at the first person to come across the line. And, uh, this young man decides to take me to task in the huddle and, uh, call me in the, uh, a hard R. He called me a, the, the, not a hard, he called mm. me a, a, I'm going to say, he called me a retard. Yeah, I got it. In the huddle. We got it. A hard R. Not the hard R, the, like the other one, but yeah. So he called me a retard in the huddle, What's which the I, other didn't, hard I didn't R? particularly care for when, uh, uh, it's a rap, it's a rap thing. But oh, anyway. okay. Let's keep moving. 
Keep moving. So uh, on the next play, I decided to show him what, how big of a retard I was and just didn't block anybody. Correct. Um, How'd that work and, out for him? Uh, he did not play the rest of that game or the rest <laughs> of the next game, I believe. I know. And so then, I was like, all right, we'll see. So I just, yeah, maybe you just don't block for you this time. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. We were down, we were down a, a baker's dozen in the first quarter, I think. At that I would point, say so. several points we were, we were yeah. losing by. But season three was a nice bounce-back season. Uh, after season two and you know what they also did they kind of punted on a lot of the storylines like Lila Garrity was super religious in season two. Oh, I hated that that, that was, was bad worst. wasn't that bad and so they only made slight kind of acknowledgments of that kind of early and then that was done and like she was with Riggins most of season three and they're like all right we're done with that like Landry killing the guy we're not dealing with that in season three, and there was some other I love, stuff. Yeah, I love how that just went away, like that. Like they never brought it up again. And there's like back know? at school, uh, NBD, and so they're just rolling through. They end up making it all the way to the state finals or a state championship game. JD McCoy is a starting quarterback. Saracen has been moved now to wide receiver, but then McCoy is kind of spazzing out at halftime, so they bench him. Saracen goes in, but they actually fall short, so they do not win the state title that year. So now we have three years. At Dillon for Coach Taylor, state championship, a runner-up, and then a loss, I believe, in the second round of the playoffs. So that's what we're looking with there. Good run. However, J.D. McCoy and his dad, his dad's becoming a big booster. They don't like Taylor because Taylor doesn't just give J.D. McCoy everything that he wants. So they basically oust him. They're like, you're done, son. And so they move on from Taylor. They bring in J.D. McCoy's old QB coach, Wade Aikman, who's a dink too, they shove him in there, and they vote him out. So Taylor finds out. And he actually, Coach Taylor finds out that he has been canned from Dylan while he's at Billy Riggins's wedding, which was a, quite a scene as well. Yeah. We haven't touched on Billy Riggins yet, but that was – We've not gotten to Billy, Billy Riggins uh, and his wife, which was Tyra's sister. sister and, yeah. and they got married. She, of course, works at the landing strip. Uh, Mindy does. And yeah. so they, they got married there. But then he also found out that, hey, they're splitting Dylan now. There's going to be a, a East Dylan and a West Dylan. And he's been offered the job at East Dylan, which is essentially like the Bad News Bears. Like it's just Correct. not ready to roll. So season four, he is now the uh, head coach at East Dylan. And this is one of my favorite things at the beginning. Any bad team, if you've ever played Pop Warner or even on a, like a bad JV team, this is perfect because he's going through, he's like meeting the players, they're like getting fitted for equipment, and he asks each kid across the board what position he, the kid wants to play. Every one of them said quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, all right, yep. I guess we got our quarterback. So that was good. Um, my favorite is when I coached JV football um, in college, and the kid told me that he wanted to play defensive linebacker. Yeah. And I said and I said as opposed to offensive linebacker and he didn't get the joke at all. That was my year, right? Wasn't that when you came back yeah, and coached was, my yeah. senior year? Yeah. Yeah. That sums up our team pretty much. <laughs> he wanted to play defensive linebacker. Yep. Didn't work out. So East Dillon, they win two games that year, uh, but including they beat West on Thanksgiving. Huge game. Landry is actually a kicker now. And he, he kicks a 46-yard field goal, wait for it, at the buzzer. <laughs> uh, oh, also this season, uh, he quit. Coach Taylor quit at halftime. They were down like 45 nothing in game one, and he pulled the plug. So the team was really mad at him for a while. You know, Vince Howard, who ends up being the star of the team for a couple of years, 
The other thing, going back and rewatching this, I forgot that Vince initially was actually a running back. He didn't even have him play quarterback at first, right. but then he switched him out because they were running the Wildcat, and he had to throw it. And he's like, oh, wait a minute, you can throw. And so then he moved him to uh, – he was a sophomore at the time, then they moved him to quarterback. Uh, Luke Cafferty, also a big part of the season, was that Tammy was still a uh, principal at West – and then they were yep. doing the town lines and realized that Luke Cafferty was one of the best players on West. Actually, should be playing in East. So Luke, bit of an Adam Banks situation there. Bit of an Adam Banks situation. Luke Cafferty. Well, we'll get into him. But one thing I did like about him was that he played both ways, which is more of what we're used to up here in the Northeast, Love to see it. where a lot Love of guys you kind of have to play Ironman football. Whereas down there, they only focused on offensive players throughout the entire series. It was like quarterbacks and running backs, and that was it. And then finally, Cafferty played a little bit of defense, so that was good to see. And season five, Ryan, is obviously a huge year for East. They go 13-1 and on their way to a state championship. Vince Howard is now the, the talk of the town. And then that season ends with, oh, we're now going to go back to one school, so it's going to be just Dylan again. And Vince Howard's now going to be playing for Dylan. They offer Eric Taylor the job there, but he leaves with his wife to – Philadelphia. So there's a lot in there. Five years in the books, five years as a head coach for Eric Taylor. By my math, I have him, Ryan, at 47 and 15. And that includes pretty good. That includes a forfeited loss uh, to Arnett Mead. Two state championships and a second place finish. And uh two and oh versus West Dylan, which is pretty good. So he oh that's it, a good run. That's a that's a serious goddamn run there by Coach Taylor. Yeah. And, and now we see him at uh, Pemberton High in Philly. That's where he's at now. Yes. All right. Do you want to do a character breakdown or do you want to do favorite scenes moments? Uh, let's, can we do both? Yeah. We can, what do you want to do first? Uh, let's, do, let's do characters. All right. Character breakdown. Let's start with uh, Coach Eric Taylor. How did you think? First of all, just his, just his on-field coaching. What did you make of his coaching? Uh, I think a solid coach. You know, a balanced, balanced attack. You know, you got run, you got stuff through the air, and you got a little trickery. You got a little razzle dazzle. Yes, which you need. You know what I mean? And a primarily offensive coach, so like you said, not a lot of defense happening. With no, he, again, quarterback coach. You kind of know where what side of the ball he's focused on. But they always had good offenses, and uh, he was good. I thought there were times I would get a little annoyed at him where he'd be like a little too hard on maybe Riggins or he would f- freak out at Saracen. And you know I me, mean? I don't like to be yelled at as a, as a player. I don't need to be chewed out. So sometimes that's not always the best to, to break through to your players. But I guess ultimately he did get the most out of them. But there were times where I was frustrated with him. And see, I'm the other way. Like if I get yelled at, like I perform better if I get yelled at. Right. Which, you know, and, and I think it was always the – the the hand strikes and presents a flower kind of thing. Like he would get hard on. He would, no, he would not get hard. <laughs> sure he would. he would. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Rewind that. <laughs> what episode was that? I got to go back and watch. Uh, it's one that I saw in my dreams. Um, he would go hard on a player, and then he would explain to them after. Do you understand why I did that? You know what I mean. So that's yeah. As a as a coach now, I understand. Yes, and that's and that's the other cool thing about this too. As a coach, you know, you're watching this, and he, you know, he, you can see he gets pissed, but he never like raises his voice too badly. And when he does, people no. are like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah. No, he was he was uh, obviously a good coach. I mean, the, the the record speaks for itself. And there were also times where 
he would allow like Saracen would come to him with a play. And even though during practice he was kind of a dink to him, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." Like I don't want to do this. But then game time rolls around, and he would like trust in his guys, and they would run some sort of crazy plays. But he he kind of would throw his faith behind those guys. So that was that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, like I wouldn't say he was the funniest, and he probably wasn't in the top three. But he had a lot of moments, like his reaction to people, or like the way his wife would talk to him, and then he would just be left kind of like befuddled, and he would try to like keep up, and he couldn't do it. He actually provided a decent amount of comedy. Yeah. And it was so it was great to see, like you see, so sure of himself on the football field. Then we got home, and he's dealing with three women. Yes. He's fucking clueless. And let, let, maybe that hits a little too close to home because that's what I deal with on a daily basis. You're right there. So what's going to happen clueless. to you is you're going to end up uh, welcoming in like a Tim Riggins type because when he did that, he was saying to, to Tammy, he's like, well, we're like evening up the teams a little bit, and she's like, "No, no, no we're we're all on the same team here." He's like, "Don't do that." But he had two daughters, and then his sister-in-law was also staying over, so he was very outnumbered. Let's go to Tammy Taylor, uh, guidance counselor early on, then ends up being becoming a, a principal, and then ends the show as the dean of admissions at Braymore College, which is a a fictional college, which but, could be Bryn Mawr. Yeah, yeah, we prob- get it. probably right. Yeah. But she she has some good stuff. One of the things I remember in season one, she sees uh, Saracen buying condoms. And so, like, she's always kind of freaking out about Julie because she sees what all the girls do. Like, she heard about one of the girls in her office was saying, you know, one of the Panthers wants to do, like, a three-way, and I'm not really into it. So she's, like, freaking out even more because she knows what, what's going on at high school. Yeah, and that's, and that's great. And I would say that the greatest scene with the two of them, with the – the Taylors is when he throws, they have the cookout at the house and he tells her it's only going to be like 20 people. Oh my God. It's like 150. And the interaction they have is phenomenal. When they're like underneath the, the table, it's so great. She yeah. goes, when I go up there, I'll be all smile. I'll give you the smile that you need, but down here, I'm not doing it. Uh, and she's yep. like pissed. Yeah, that was, that was good. Also, this is like one of the real world things too, that, that she dealt with was, I think it was season four with Becky Sproul's, where she basically is talking to her. Becky gets uh, knocked up by Luke Cafferty, and Becky ends up getting an abortion, and then it all comes back on Tammy, which ultimately gets her canned. Like, she was going to have to issue, like, an apology, which she didn't want to have to do, and then so that led her to leaving West and going to East. But that was one of those topics where, again, for for a soap opera football show, you know, they also deal with racism and uh, abortion and some other big-time issues as well. Yeah, and probably one of my least favorite characters on the show, Becky Sproles. You you son of a bitch, take it back. Ah. I love Becky Sproles. Love her. She's a cutie, but she's she, a, she, she was annoying. She's a beauty queen. She's got uh, a <laughs> she's got a, a song like a songbird uh, voice. She sang the anthem at the first ever East Dillon game. She she, did. she loves Tim Riggins. She's always in his uh, – get out of the camper, right? The she's, camper's for one-man camper. She's always wearing skirts or short skirts with cowboy boots. With the sundresses. Yeah, I Holy know. Holy mackerel. You like that look? Bit, do I like that look? I almost couldn't get into work today watching some of these episodes. Yes, I like that look. <laughs> so, anyway. So, that's uh, – so, Tammy Taylor, awesome character. Uh, incredible character. Great mom. Oh, and by the way, by the way I don't want to burst your bubble. You're a Dexter guy, right? No. Oh, you see, you see uh, Becky Sproul's topless in uh, in Dexter. What? So. I gotta pause yep. it. I'll be I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing tonight. 
All right, now we let's uh, anything else on Tammy before we get to Julie? Uh, no, let's get to Julie. All right, Julie Taylor. So, oh, also about the show, very interesting how they do this, Ryan. How the years uh, are very ambiguous. So, yes. season one, there's only two characters, I believe, that they timestamp for you. Jason Street is a senior, and Smash Williams is a junior. Yes. Everybody else, it's just sort of up for grabs. You know that Julie's 15, so you're like, all right, well, she's either a freshman or a sophomore. Oh, and Saracen, I believe, they also say is a sophomore. Yes. But Tim Riggins, they don't tell you. Lila Garrity, they don't tell you. Tyra Collette, they don't tell you. Landry Clark, they don't tell you. But you would assume if Tim Riggins' best friend all his life is Jason – you're kind of assuming they're the same year. They may not be, but you're kind of assuming that they might be. I think Timmy might have been held back a that's, couple times. So that's fair. Yeah. But if he was held back in high school, he would run out of eligibility. Uh, yeah, you can't play six years of high school football. Trust me, I tried. Uh, <laughs> can't you, though? <laughs> How many years did you play? Five. Yeah, but you at least went from you went to a prep school though. I think that's a yeah. little different. Like you, yeah. like Riggins couldn't play six years at Dillon. No, not no. That's no. what I'm saying. Yeah. And then also like he was and like Lila talks about all these years that she's been cheering and she's been with Jason for so long, and yet as the series plays out, she's clearly not a senior. Right. So did any of that bother you that that they clearly didn't? And I guess they didn't contradict themselves. It's very, it's crazy how they never mentioned it, and they sort of they they allowed the door open, and like they could have done it anyway. Like other plenty of shows like ignore stuff that they do, and they're like, oh, continuity issue. But they never once said Riggins what year he was in in year one. I mean, he was a captain. Like all these things clearly pointed to him being a senior, but they didn't say, and they allowed him to play in season one, two, and three. Yeah, which which is fine by me. You know, keep Timmy there all the whole time. You know I'm with I mean? you on that. I think like you wouldn't, you couldn't replace him. And like they kind of tried. Like I guess Cafferty kind of was like a Riggins type, and like he sucked compared to him. So you might as well trot him out there. But I wonder if that was like a conscious decision. They're like, hey, if this series lasts, we're gonna want Riggins and Saracen and or Lila and Tyra, like because they all definitely seemed very mature. Like they did not seem yeah. like sophomores year one. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, Julie Tyra's walking around with fake boobs as a sophomore. Like, come on. Yeah. So, so Julie is 15 in season one, and then ultimately we find out she's a freshman if you just play it out. Um, yep. I did like there was that scene where she was talking to Tyra about potentially losing her virginity, and she said something along the along the lines of, uh, "Yeah, I want to be able to get the information and gather the data." <laughs> and Tyra's oh like, "What? What are you saying?" <laughs> but. Uh, what else with Julie? So then off and on with Matt, obviously. And then she ends yeah. up – he asked her to marry her at the end. Oh, she had that uh, affair, like a fling with a TA, which is kind of another – that happens in every – like Dawson's Creek, like all that shit. They they do that in all those shows. Yeah. And and by the end, um, Julie Taylor had kind of worn her welcome out with me. I was I was kind of done with her. Yeah, that's fine. Bit of a, bit of a little uh, – Kind of, a, uh, so, I don't, I don't want to use foul language here, but okay. you know, just a bit of a bit of you know what, a bit of a you know what, you know what I mean? Sure was, she sure West, was. Westbur- uh, Coach Wessie B's favorite word. If you listen to our Twitch uh, stream, you would know exactly what she was. At West times. from the Boxers uses a lot of this word. He does a little bit. Uh, Jason Street. We already said a lot about Jason Street. He's going to go to Notre Dame. We're going to do our top five 
prospects or rank the prospects later, and I have a feeling he could be right up there towards the top. Did you feel it, like – He's got to be. It depends on what kind of program you're trying to run, you know? No, that's true, but a very accurate passer. Here's, here's my question on, on Jason Street. Uh, too much storyline with him in the wheelchair, not enough with him in the wheelchair, or just enough? Uh, I like how he kind of went away and came back. Yeah, me too. I thought it was a bit like all the wheelchair rugby stuff and all the scenes with Herc. I was saying, okay, like I'm not as excited to, to see this. Uh, I do sort yeah. of like the, the arc that he had, and I, I'm glad he remained a part of the story because he should. But I personally thought there was too much of him. I'd, uh, yeah, maybe with the wheel. And you got to remember that movie Murderball came out in like 2008. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was like huge. Like that, that was an unbelievable documentary if you haven't seen that about the actual wheelchair rugby players. Right. And I believe some of the players are actually in Friday Night Live. Yes, I believe you're correct on that. Um, and uh, it was a huge movie at the time. It was like the darling of like Sundance. It was a, a really cool documentary. So they kind of wove that in. Like maybe that's something he could do in his wheel because he's still very competitive. He's still an athlete. Yes. You know, so good for him. But like you said, Herc was a little too much for me at times. It didn't really fit the, the, the formula of the show. You know what I mean? He had some good moments, you know, just stuff like telling, you know, he, Street needed somebody – to sort of let him know what his life was going to be like, but how like yeah. it, it wasn't over, and like there are still things you could do. But I just thought it was too much. Like if you wanted to trim episodes or or shorten up episodes, or if you're trying to shotgun all these and want to fast forward some stuff, you could fast forward some of the street things. Uh, let's go to Matt Saracen, uh, one of the main characters, obviously throughout sophomore, and they definitely make a timestamp of that. He is a sophomore in year one. Uh, he takes care of his grandmother, as we know. This is one of the great things. The first time he went over to visit or to date Julie, and uh, uh, Coach Taylor obviously opens the door, and, and so he's standing there. He's kind of awkward. He's wearing like a um, – what the hell is the members-only jacket that Landry picked yep. out for him? And then, then Taylor's like, hey, do you want a beer? And Saracen goes, no, I'm driving. And he's like, no, I was kidding, you idiot. <laughs> he's like, you're, you're fucking 16 and you're driving my girlfriend or my daughter. Uh, and then so he's talking about sex, too, at one point. And uh, Rick, he's having a conversation with Riggins. And Riggins is like, uh, do you remember your first time driving a car? And Saracen was like, yeah, I crashed my grandma's car. And now Landry drives me around. And Riggins is like, good luck, Seven. <laughs> like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. Uh, big time emotional. There was a lot of emotional scenes. Ryan, in this yeah. uh, series, including season two, where uh, Saracen had been dating like the uh, the nurse, the in the in house nurse that his grandma had, and then she left, and then he's just freaking out. He like he's drunk at practice after he was hanging out with Riggins, and that scene that coach has to like throw him in the shower, and Saracen's like crying and saying how like everybody leaves me, like that was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean he's the. And that's the thing that if if I were to summarize this character, he's like the weight of yeah. the show. You know what I mean? Like everything that, that deals with that, like heavy, not like the cartoony, like murder, you know, like dark stuff. But he's just like a heavy emotional kid. You know what I mean? He really and is. Like those, yeah. And those kids exist. You know, so it was good to you know have that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And Tyra even makes a point like early on, like like he, Matt's not really a football player. You know, like he's not like your stereotypical football player. Like just, and there's a, also a crazy scene when you know Julie's not sure if she likes him or not, and then she sees him like literally. Here's a sophomore in high school 
having to take care of his grandmother, like cook her meals and like get, make sure she takes her medicine. And he's like doing that all by himself. And, and then so, he has to go to work. And then he has to go to work at yeah. the Alamo Freeze. Yeah. And then his mom comes back at season, I forget which season, was it four or three or four? Four she, or five, she, yeah. She shows up later on. She's now in Fear the Walking Dead, the, the lady that yes. plays plays his mother. Anything else on Saracen? No, I think, like I said, I mean, he was uh, you bit of a wiener, but you got you get the... Uh, <laughs> I liked him, though. I did. I like him, you know, but, it, you know, it's uh, just heavy, just heavy stuff with him. There really was. All right, less heavy. Well, although, actually, heavy still would be Tim Riggins. Let's go to Tim Riggins. Everybody's favorite character from the show. There's, there's just no doubt. And if it's, he's not, you're watching the wrong show. Exactly. Yeah, you're not paying attention close enough because he's, he's one of the best football players. He is one of the funniest. He's definitely the best looking, and he's just, he's crazy. Like he's like, if you could like relive your high school, this is how a lot of people would want to relive their high school. But it's funny rewatching it. I forgot just how much he and Smash hated each other early on. Yeah. Like they got over it, but they, they hated each other for a while. And it was because they were just complete opposites. You know, they yeah. played oh the same God. position, but they were just complete opposite people. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely were. And then so he was like, with yeah. yeah, I was gonna say he was with Tyra early on, uh, then they break up and then he's he obviously he's cheats with uh with Lila. Uh the hot neighbor actually does show up in season one, Jackie, the one you were talking about from yep. Swingers. Also, I love – so I think this was one of the last episodes of season one. They're doing a roast, and, like, they're all telling jokes, like the players, like Buddy Garrity and Coach Taylor, and Tammy goes up there. Tammy's is more poignant and everything else. But Riggins, the only line they show you from Riggins going up there is he goes up to the microphone. He goes, how about Saracen sleeping with the coach's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, pin drop. Like, nobody reacts to it, and then he just leaves, and he's, and he's gone. Mic drop. That was great. Uh, also, early season two, this is when Lila like has found God, and he's like walking yeah. out of the store. He's like, "Hey, what's going on, Garrity?" And she's like, "Like, oh, like I'm, you know, I joined this church or whatever." She's like, "What? What have you been doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I had a three way with the Stratton sisters." <laughs> she's like, "Okay." <laughs> and that's also where he starts mentioning the uh, "You want to make some memories tonight," which is sort of like a, a go to Riggins line. Uh, yep. He also refers to Lila as the best he's ever had, which I would not doubt. Yeah, you never doubt that. Although I don't know, Tyra, he was with Tyra as well. Yeah, but you know, it's the it's the it's the hunt, Richard. It's not it's yeah, not the kill, point. it's the hunt. How you about when I mean? how about when he got his own radio show at the Christian radio station? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he was just talking sports. Just he's like, You're on with rigs and they were like talking about like girls just said they wanted to like hook up with him and stuff, and he was just like la so, like that was another that's a classic season two storyline, like the Christian radio. Which is why you get into radio, right? For girls to call in and yeah, you know, happens to me every every day. Uh, so then, so Riggins was clearly if, looking back on it. He was a sophomore year one, then a junior, then so season three, he was a senior, and he's now the starting tailback because Smash is gone. So he's getting the ball a lot more. And this is when you really see what kind of a prospect. Like he already made a lot of great plays the first two seasons, but now in season three, he's the guy. He might be a better, dare I say, better running back than Smash. Uh, you know, more straight, more downhill runner. You know what I mean? Yes. Less, more north, south, less east, west. And he ends up at San Antonio State, which is also a fictional place. He quickly drops out of college, though, Ryan. He's not in, for him. No, it clearly was not for him. He then lives in a trailer uh, right next to Becky Sproles, who's a, a great character. Now, Riggins Riggs is then created. Riggins Riggs, also yep. the name of my fantasy football team now. 
but Riggins Riggs turns into a chop shop. And then oh, enough. season four now, at the end of season four, Tim Riggins goes to fucking jail. He takes full responsibility because they were going to get him and Billy, but Billy recently married and just had a kid. So Riggins' big thing is I'm going to give that kid something that I never had, and that's a father. So I'm going to take the rap for Billy. And so he goes to jail. What did you think of the decision to send the most beloved character of the series to prison? Well, he had to go film John Carter, right? That was the whole thing. Oh, that makes sense because he's only in, I think, five of the 13 episodes in season five. Yeah, and I think he went and filmed John Carter, and we all know how that worked out. Sucked. Yeah. He got really old quick, too. Like, season five, all of a sudden he looked a lot different than he did in the previous seasons. Yeah. He's a little, you know, a little little bulkier, you know? So this is odd to me. What did you make of this? So he was – he took the rap for Billy, and he told Billy, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to – this was all my idea. I'm going to jail. And then he goes to jail – but then he just, like, constantly gives Billy shit for it. And it's like, well, it's, you came up with this. Like, I know you, yeah. got, you got the wrong end of the deal, but I don't know. I wouldn't take it out on Billy, would, like, the way that he did. No, I, and I think it's I think it's dealing with it's dealing with family. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. nothing ever really goes away. You no, know what I mean? Like, that's true. And, and if you're stuck, you know, you, 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 have a, you have a sibling. You know, yes. if you're, you're stuck somewhere and you yeah. want to, like, really, like, stick it to them, you bring up some old shit. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he, can, he does have that over him, so he can do yeah. that. A couple other things I like about Riggins. Well, everything I like about Riggins. But the end, the, the, the way the series ends, he's back talking with Tyra, and they're looking out on, like, where Tim is going to be making his house. He, he, has, like, yep. he bought it some land. He's going he's gonna to make a house. And what they're setting it up for, which is great, especially when you watch all of the episodes, is that potentially Tim and Tyra down the road could be Eric and Tammy. Yep. Right? Like, he's going to be the coach. She wants to work with kids and really help them, like, after all what she's been through and all about what Tim's been through. And so, like, that would be pretty badass. Like, that, that kind of makes some sense. And, like, so even though he didn't play college football, like, that would still be, like, a happy ending for him. Yeah, and they, you see them, they're sitting in, like, those crappy lawn chairs, like, looking out yeah. over, like, the, the, Drinking the prairie a beer. or whatever, just yeah. having a beer. Right. You know, that sunset, like, that, that, that was a really cool scene. Also, a, uh, a fun little, like, Easter egg, I guess, is when he is helping out Taylor when he's coaching East Dillon, and he comes back, and he and Billy are, like, practicing. Uh, Riggins is wearing one of those Under Armour All-American jerseys. Oh, and just killing everybody. He's killing everybody, but it also it shows you that, like, that was not shown but that just goes to show you just how highly recruited and how highly sought after he was, which is such like yeah, a dorky thing. But like, I, I love that. That was one of my favorite scenes when him and Billy suited up and we're playing with the East Dillon kids oh, and just, just like, this is what real football players look like. They were just beating ass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's go to Landry Clark, who I, one of the running gags in the show is uh, Eric Taylor always calls him Lance, which is hilarious. That makes <laughs> yeah. me laugh every time. Uh, he also was in a band called Crucifictorious. And yep. to his credit, he wears the T-shirt. He wears his own Crucifictorious T-shirt a lot. So I like that. He got to promote somehow. He also tutors Riggins at one point. He tutors Tyra. And then there's the whole relationship with Tyra that we already he talked about. This was a quote he had in season two I enjoyed. He goes, Riggins has probably slept with half the girls at Dylan, including some of their moms and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. He ain't wrong. So then he does try out for football in season two. Um, they also – he starts a lunchroom brawl against Larrabee when they were, like, staying there. 
And just to go back to one of the conversations Goo and I had uh, with the It episode, there was a food fight there. And yes, in fact, somebody yelled food fight. Because yeah. you, you, you just have to. You can't, if, if a piece of food is thrown, you can't just let no. it happen. We you need to know that is now, fight. we are now under the, uh, the jurisdiction of a food fight. So that, yep. anything else on Landry? He ends up at Rice. Oh, the other thing with, with uh, so no timestamp on Landry, but if you play it out, he was a freshman just like Julie was his uh, season one. And then he ends up graduating from East uh, season four. He goes to Rice in season five. However, he was driving everybody around in season one. So yeah. That can't uh, add up. I don't know. I mean, it was Texas. I mean, what do you get your license when you're like 12 there? Oh, that, eh, you know what? You could be right. All right, let's go to Smash Williams, the uh, the star running back, a junior in season one, then a senior. He is, like, obsessed with getting a scholarship for the longest time. He's recruited by Bama, TMU, Miami Southern, and Oklahoma Tech. He then has a verbal commitment to TMU. He is th- That's then pulled after he beats up those racists. Yep. So, so then he ends up – he's going to go to Whitmore, which is one of those, like, all-black schools. But then he has a knee injury, and so they are like, we're out. And then Coach Taylor works his ass off with him, and he ends up going to Texas A&M as a walk-on, but then he ends up playing. And there's a few scenes later on where different characters are watching Smash on TV, playing for A&M, so that's pretty legit. Yeah, which is really cool. I mean, you see, and that, and that was one of the cool things for me. It's, it's realistic. I mean, you say, oh, yeah, like there he is, there's Smash, you know, like playing for A&M and scoring a touchdown. Yeah, I love that. So that was, that was pretty good. Uh, Tyra Collette, I would say one of the more – like three-dimensional characters in the whole show. Yep. Uh, just, again, all the characters, for the most part, have terrible parents. And, you know, she does not have a father, or, and her mom is kind of a mess, and so she has to kind of, you know, work work on her. Oh, one thing, again, why you would think Tyra was, like, a senior or at least a junior is in season one, uh, Tammy's, like, all over about, you know, you're not going to be able to graduate. You're at a risk of not graduating. And she's like, well, maybe I'll take my GED. I'm like, would you be doing this as a sophomore? Would you be having uh, this Maybe, kind of... yeah. Eh, but... I guess. Um, she had some different boyfriends along the way, including that cowboy Cash. I didn't really like that storyline. No, no, that was dumb. Very much. I was not a fan. She also had a different hairstyle, I feel like, every season. Yeah. But it worked yeah, for her. I, I, Each one worked. It worked for her. Each yeah. one worked. All right, Lila Garrity. One thing that really jumps out about Lila was just how positive she was early on with Jason. Yeah. Like, maybe too much. I know that kind of grinded your gears. Jason. <laughs> oh, this is another one. Where... He's going to walk again. He's going to walk. Like, shut up. So if you look back, she also was a sophomore. So, like, Lila, Tyra, Riggins, and Saracen were all sophomores, if you look back. Which is ridiculous to me. Which is insane. And also... Buddy Garrity, you know, because he doesn't want her to be with Jason Street just because he's like, what kind of life is that going to be for her? So he, her father, sets her up with a college guy. Yeah. What what father in their right mind would set up their sophomore year in high school daughter with a college guy? That, that troll Buddy Garrity, that little fat prick Buddy Garrity. Now listen to me. Listen to me for a second. Oh, no, also, he's, a, he's a good, yeah. I like, I like Buddy Garrity. Oh, last thing, last fun fact on Lila Garrity. She was number two in her class, and she originally was going to follow Riggins to San Antonio State, but then she ends up going to Vanderbilt. Buddy Garrity. Let's move on to him. Car dealer booster. Um, one of the great scenes. Of, so when he cheated on his wife, he went and- With Tyra's uh, mom, right? With, yes, with Tyra's mom. He goes to Eric Taylor, 
And he goes, I strayed outside my marriage. And Eric's like, nope, I'm not doing this. He's like, get out of get. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. But he um, he was good. I really liked Buddy, and he was there throughout, and he was he really helped turn the East Dillon program along too because at West Dillon, they didn't put up with him, and they like didn't give him the access that he wanted. So then he went and really helped out Eric turn things around because they had, they had shit everything for a while yep. and then he, he and uh, the best one of the best scenes is when the the new coach after um taylor goes to tmu the guy locks him out of practice and he like freaks out yes like, <laughs> he doesn't let him sit in the practice right right uh let's see we also got herc i think we already sort of talked about herc uh voodoo yep. voodoo one thing i'd say about voodoo is he he, refer, he t- tells coach taylor he's like you and me are an arranged marriage and it did not work out though in this case he ends up being the quarterback at West Cambria, and they lose. He also was telling Smash – he was trying to convince Smash to transfer to West Cambria for the next year. Uh, you got J.D. McCoy. He's a douche. This was interesting. Dad's a bigger douche. He was Dave Campbell's high school quarterback of the year. So even though he got benched in the state championship game, his freshman year he was the high school quarterback of the year. So like that's, yep. that's insane. Um, well, you know his daddy bought him that award. That's true. So come on. So he was at West Dillon for two years, and then he leaves West Dillon. And I think it's believed that he might have gone to Hudgens, which is the team that Vince Howard beat in the state final for East Dillon. Speaking of which, Vince Howard, another character where, you know, dealing with his dad who just got out of prison, uh, his mom who's, you know, has her good days and bad, let's say. But Vince was pretty good, obviously played by Michael B. Jordan. And a couple of other big characters from season four and five. Becky Sproles, who I am a big fan of. Ryan, she's, not as much. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. She's, she's, she's a cute cute gal, but that's not. She's very cute. Very cute. Not, not, a, not a good character. And Luke Cafferty uh, knocked her up, but then uh, it was aborted. He was, one of the storylines with uh, Cafferty was he was recruited by TMU, but it was really just so Vince would go. It turns out he really only got like D3 offers and then ultimately joins the military. So which, there's, which is insane because that kid was a that kid is a hell of a player. He was a really good player. No, I know it. Uh, then, Undersized maybe for a linebacker, but hell of a player. Anything else on uh, Billy Riggins or Grandma Saracen or all the terrible parents, including uh, Riggins' dad? Dallas Tinker was a good character. He was a lineman for East Dillon. He was a good character as well. Anybody else you want to spotlight? Uh, no, uh, that, that's that's a lot of people. Um, and then uh, Vince's girlfriend, I forget her name. She was she was significant. Yeah. The guy father owned the barbecue place. Oh, you uh Jess Jess Merriweather. Yes. Yeah, she was yes. she was a good character in season 4 and 5. She became the uh the what the manager of the team too. Right. Um let's see. Let's get to the superlatives, shall we? It's a high school show. Let's do you it. you got to yeah. have superlatives, Ryan. So, best player out of all the players we went through, who do you think the best player was? And then if you want, we could even do like a top five power ranking prospect. Yeah, we have to. We get to do like a recruit system. You okay. know what I mean? Cause it's a bit, but I think, the best, I think the best football player in the bunch has to be Jason Street. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, I'm talking about a projection ability. You know, yeah, like no, absolutely. Like at their, draft ability. Right, at their peak in high school, yeah. wh- who would be ranked the highest if they were all in there together? I would say Jason Street, number one. I think after yep. that is where it gets pretty tough, to be honest, because I would say I would go Riggins, too. Uh, see, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go Riggins, too. I loved Riggins. Maybe I just like him too much. I would go Riggins, two, Vince Howard, three, Smash Williams, four, and J.D. McCoy, five. 
So you're leaving out. See, I would go. All right, ready? So I would yeah. go Jason Street. Then I would go Voodoo Tatum. Yeah, Voodoo bastard, probably. And then sm- and then Smash Third. Okay. So Howard. And then maybe depending on how we panned out, you know, the father would be an, would be a red flag for me, but maybe JD McCoy after that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm, talking, maybe I'm, I'm going to build a program here. No, I got gotcha. you. You know who also yeah. would be really high was the Gatling linebacker Junior Silverio, who was friends with oh, Smash Bros. Oh, yeah. He was a beast. Yep. So yeah, that's that's pretty good. Now, best looking, got to be Lila. Looking, Lila Garrity. Lila and, and, yeah. and Riggins. Here's here's Tammy a tough Taylor. one. Out of all the yeah, maybe Tammy Taylor. Out of all of the different relationships that we saw, who is the best couple? Best couple. I mean, if I if if we're going just based on a best couple would be you know uh, Tammy and uh, Eric Taylor. Tammy and Eric best probably. Couple. I Riggins and Lila when they were together, like that was those are some of my favorite things. Like I like them together, but I also like Riggins and Tyra. Like they began and ended the series with those two together, which is great. I, so I like both of those. Who would you say was the funniest character? Uh, either Buddy Garrity. Or uh, I would say Landry had his moments. He was pretty funny. Yeah, I think Landry – I might even go Riggins, to be honest. Riggins had some really good – like, the way he would talk to people and, like, he was kind of nuts, but – and he was kind of sarcastic, too. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like Riggins. Um, who was the most overrated character? Most overrated character. In terms of football play or just in terms of – No, just, character. like, television series character. Julie Taylor. Uh, I had had enough of her by by the end of it. Yeah, you know, I would I say think... yeah, that's a good one. I would say Julie or Smash. Now I don't know how highly either one of them are rated, but I didn't love either one. Like I wasn't like super pumped about either one. I just you know it, Julie was just an asshole to her parents, who were both great people. Yes, she was kind of an asshole to Matt Saracen towards the end. Yes, you know what I mean. So it's just like you know what, kid, you got you got all these great people around you, and you just decide you're being a whiny little shit. Yeah, that is that is probably true. Most underrated character. Underrated character. I think I might go Buddy Garrity here, because I've talked to a lot of people who are not big fans, and they always are surprised how much I like Buddy. I, I'm a big Billy Riggins fan. Oh, that is, he's definitely underrated, because he, he had highs and lows, I would say. And just like I said, the scene with the Riggins brothers suiting up, because Billy at this point is a grown-ass man. Yeah, yes. He's, like, married and, like, has a kid, and he's suiting up with high school kids. Correct. I think that's hilarious. That is amazing. It's tremendous. Yeah. Top five characters. This is a really difficult show to do that for. It's similar to, like, The Wire in that sense where, you know, if you're like, who are your favorite characters in Breaking Bad? And you're like, well, there's only, like, five, like, real ones. Whereas this, I mean, I think I think you and I, there's not for the number one spot. There's not even a question. So now it's just who's everyone else is playing for second. Or you know what we should probably do is top five Friday Night Light characters not named Tim Riggins. Okay, not named Tim Riggins. Okay, Um, I'm a big Tyra fan. Yes, Tyra would definitely be on my list. I like Vince. Very deep. I like that character. Okay. Um, I like. See, I, I liked Landry. Other than the murder thing, I oh. liked Landry a lot. <laughs> well, he was defending a lady, though, so that was pretty good. That's fine. Um, who else? I'm going to have. I'm gonna, I was go going to say I would have Saracen in my top five. 
Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, in terms of acting jobs and like, do, do that, he did that kid did a really really good job. Wasn't he like the oldest of all the kids too? Of like the people who played like students? Yeah, I would not doubt that at all. He's I, like my age. I bet he was. Like, <laughs> I bet he was. Yeah. Um, is that four? Yeah, that's four. So yeah, and then. Uh, I like. Now I know you don't like it, but I would have. I Lila. like Jason Street. I Are like you, Jason Street that much. Yeah. Wow. I know, he's like he just sneaks in the fifth. You know what I mean? All right. I would probably have Saracen, then my girl. I would have Tyra, Lila, and Becky. I would have them all in there. Oh my God! Look at you. And then either what Tammy, either Tammy or Buddy. And I, I like know, Tammy. Uh, no, I, I'm going to kick Jason Street. I'm putting Tammy. Tip Taylor. Tip Tammy in there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, a lot of people have Coach Taylor in their top three. He's not in my top three, but I think that also just speaks to how good the show is. Oh yeah. You know, like that's that's more where where that is. All right, anything else? What are we missing? Anything else? So I would say in a five-star recruit, if you had to start a football program today at a D1 college, who's your first recruit? My first recruit would be? Depends on what kind of offense you want to run. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking either Vince or Street. It would be one of those two. The, the reason why it wouldn't be Voodoo is I think he's such a dickhead that that would affect how, how good you'd, he would be. Like Vince now, seems there, more is there coachable. A situation where a player's so good that it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does, but I don't think it necessarily applies to Voodoo. Yeah. He's really good. He's really good. But yeah, one I state would, championship. I'd probably go with one of those quarterbacks. I guess as much as I love yeah. Riggins, and then McCoy's also too much of a peen, and then you have to deal with his dad. Like no, right? You can't. No thanks. You know, Street comes from a good family. Yeah, smart kid, all American kind of boy. You know, I'm are, going with him. Do you think the Patriots would take a shot at Saracen in the slot to replace Edelman? They might. Yeah. They might. Uh, kind of fits the mold. He kind of does fit the mold. Oh, they do like their receiving running backs, too. So Smash has got a shot with Bill. Smash could be in there. Like a third down, like receiving back. Yeah. Like a Kevin Falk. Like a Kevin Falk type. I could yeah. I could see that. Would you watch a Friday Night Lights spinoff if they just based it off of Arnett Mead? Is that a thing? No, that's the school. No, it's not a thing. But they could. It would be just as compelling. No, I, I think I would be mad. I don't want to watch Arnett Mead. That would be like – Your rival. You know, yeah. Yeah. What you about what this? I mean? What about – there's been a lot of rumors. Now, they've been years ago now. I think it's pretty much died. But do you think a movie would make sense based off of like a where are they now with like the main characters? Um, or would that just be doomed? Like would that be – it wouldn't be able to live up to the hype. Like, I feel like there are certain characters that I would really like to see, like, what they're doing right now. And then there's, like, that's 50-50. So you have, like, some that you really want to see what's going on, and 50%, like, you could care Well, about. that's and that's the beauty of the movie. So what you would have to do is I think you would have to have uh, Riggins and Tyra, and assuming, assuming they're together, there's two, Eric and Tammy, uh, Julie and Matt. So those are three couples. And then you check in on, like, Vince Howard and Jason Street. And then there, there's your movie. Yep. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I don't, you know, as your girl Becky, I don't I don't really care what she's doing. I don't I, Luke well, Cafferty, I don't really no, care. No, I don't what care about Luke, right Luke Cafferty either. Would you listen to a radio show if uh by Slamming Sammy Mead? Yeah, I would cuz he he is the king of the hot take. He had some good stuff. He was he was really impressive and he really paints a picture down there for for Dylan Texas. And he was, like, coming at people, like, on the radio, like, right after the game, too. Like, he's on air 
like as they're driving out of the parking lot, shitting on people. Well, he calls it like he sees it. You know, he's not gonna yeah, he's not yeah. gonna sugarcoat it or any of that bullshit. So you got you got to respect a guy that can do that, especially in this business. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Uh, what else, Ryan? Anything? I think that the, the boosters. I think you know, for all the money they sunk into that program, they could have bought them a better locker room. You know what I mean? The locker room was not great. The uniforms were very solid. The Under Armour was uh, yeah was pretty damn good. Uh, and Under Armour was like no, they were like nowhere at that point. Yeah, they this, were like an up-and-comer. This helped push them over the top, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Well, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Thank you. And Texas forever. <laughs> Texas forever. And let's make some memories tonight. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the this has been a long one, Rye. I'm just going to simply say my pick of the pod is Friday Night Lights, just to go back and watch it. And here's one note on it. When I started re-watching the episodes on Netflix, a little message popped up that they're going to be getting yanked by Netflix on October 1st. So you only oh, have a Jesus, couple of... That leaves us no time. Yeah, you got a couple of weeks to shotgun some episodes. I don't know what the plan is, like when it'll come back or if it'll come back, but at the end of the month is going to be gone. So if you weren't interested in going back and watching episodes after uh, this episode, you may be more inclined to do so knowing that it'll be gone in a few weeks. And speaking of Netflix, Richard, my pick of the podcast will be Jerry Before Seinfeld, which is Jerry uh, Seinfeld's stand-up special on Netflix that came out today. Nice. I, I watched about 20 minutes of it, and it is watchable. I like the sound of that. Yep. I will give that a watch. You can follow us on Twitter, at Dork Podcast. You can rate, subscribe, and review the podcast on iTunes. That really helps us out, and it makes us feel good about ourselves. If you leave a review there, uh, hashtag Dork on iTunes, probably where you're listening to this. Uh, you can also listen to us, weei.com slash dork. Uh, plenty of other places where podcasts are available. We're also on YouTube. You can subscribe on YouTube, just youtube.com slash dorkpodcast. And, Davey, if people want to follow just you on the social media. I don't know why you would because we got a good thing going here. we got some brand recognition. But at Arvon D well, on any social media, you can find me there. Uh, please leave a review of me on Twitter or Twitch, and I would be uh, <laughs> probably yell at you for doing so. All right. That sounds very good. So uh, for Slamming Sammy Mead, uh, we, are, we are signing off. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.